The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the Harris Beach Educational Institution's team of attorneys. Harris Beach successfully represents more than 130 school districts and BOCES clients throughout New York State on matters involving school district operations, labor and employment matters, cybersecurity, and student issues. Learn more at www.harrisbeach.com. In the current political climate, the likelihood of differences of opinion is fairly common. This becomes concerning when these differences of opinion hinder good governance. When this happens, it creates tension on a board and can often lead to one board member being singled out or misunderstood. Board members can also find themselves in conflict with a difficult board member. Let's call this meeting to order. I'm your host, Darcy Diracoli, Director of Leadership Development here at the New York State School Boards Association. Let's begin today. I want to introduce this topic to you a little bit, and I want to introduce my special guest speaker with us today. Um, in particular, we want to talk about the difficult board member and the behavior that we find that's so troublesome, not just for our board presidents and vice presidents, but for all board members in general. And one of the things I want to point out to you is that we have a board officers roundtable every year at our convention. And this past year we were in Rochester and we had the same board officers roundtable where we heard a lot about the challenges that they face and some of the issues that they're trying to deal with. And my guest speaker, Kathy Dillon, was also one of my co-hosts to help me run this board officers roundtable in Rochester this year. And she has a great level of experience and a lot of wisdom to share with us. So I want to introduce her to you. She's a veteran member. And so Kathy, why don't you go ahead and tell us, you know, how many years of experience you've had on the board and where you're from? What board are you um, a member at in, in, in the region of Rochester? I know you come from, but tell us a little bit about your board experience. Hi everyone, um, I'm Kathy Dillon and I've been a board member at the Churchill Tower Central School District for 19 years. I'm in my 19th year. And uh, three years ago, I was given the opportunity to join the Monroe to BOCES board, which um, has been a wonderful experience. In my 19 years as a, a board member, I've spent 11 as an officer. I was president of the Churchville Charlie Board for six years. Um, I'm currently the vice president for the second time. And um, I'm also currently acting as the president of the Monroe County School Boards Association. Thank you, Kathy. And uh, I, Kathy and I have had many different conversations, uh, both uh, at Rochester and before and after the convention in Rochester. But one of the things we agree on is that our, our board presidents, vice presidents, and boards in general are dealing with challenges, some that they may never have dealt with before. And, you know, at our Rochester Board Officers Roundtable, a lot of those things came to light. And um, Kathy, tell us a little bit about what what you recall and heard and your impressions from our uh, Rochester convention where we have the board officers roundtable. 
Um, I was really struck by the number of problems that the board presidents were sharing with us. They seem to be increasing in complexity and uh, problems that uh, we've typically not seen um, over the board over a long period of time. So the problems are more difficult, more challenging. And I was also struck by people running for the board now um, come to us oftentimes with agendas and with little or no experience working with or in a school district. Yeah, and I, I think I would concur a lot with that. And I would add one more thing. I do think we also see a lot more board members on social media. And so there's this social media frenzy that I think continues to add to this difficult or challenging situations that come up at the board table and um, can foster you know, an extension of some of these difficult behaviors that we see with uh, board members who could be more challenging. Um, and the other thing I want to say is that some people see particular board members challenging and another person might not so, but when we, we experience a difficult or challenging board member, we really know it. And it's the behavior, again, that we want to really talk about um, and not villainizing the person themselves, but really looking at the behavior that we don't like. And one of the things that Kathy said to me earlier that I'm gonna, I want to share with people on our, our podcast is that sometimes the person who you find most challenging on the board, if you work with them as a president, um, sometimes that person turns into one of your best board members. And Kathy, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yes. I've had experience with a couple of folks that have run for the board. Um, one was more acrimonious than the other. And uh, both of, of these people came to the board with a uh, little board, ex little, no experience in a school district. And both of them had issues related to sports and athletics. And when we um, brought these people on, some of us were concerned. Um, and over the years, I've seen that if we really spend some time mentoring the new person um, and spending time with them, giving them an opportunity to have their voice heard, which may not be in a board meeting, but it could be when we train them, um, and, and give them someone to talk to so that when they have questions, those questions can be answered. And those board members turned out to be some of our very best board members and strident supporters of our school district. So I think when someone comes on and we know that we shouldn't automatically assume they're going to be, you know, difficult board members because given the proper training and mentoring, they can be some of your best advocates. Yeah, yeah, I've happened too. Um, in particular, sometimes when we see a teacher running for the Board of Education and sometimes they're running for a very specific agenda purpose they get on the board they think that this is the thing they're on there for to do uh, maybe it's around teacher contracts or teacher pay or benefits etc and then once you try to work with them to help them understand you know there's a bigger issue here there's a bigger agenda or vision for the district they then too I've seen that happen many times can become some of our best best board members um, so it, it is in part, right, Kathy, about how you as a board president 
uh, try to work with that person, maybe also having the support of your vice president? Yeah, I think that when you have a person that's challenging or has an agenda, it's really important that the board president and the vice president be in sync with each other because there will be times when you may have to make as a board president a difficult decision or you may have to, you know, bring someone in in an unruly board meeting and you really need to make sure that you have the support of your vice president and the majority of your board when that happens. So if you have an unruly board member, there's people that have agendas that you spend time mentoring, but you also have board members that sometimes are very inappropriate during a board meeting. And you need to be prepared as a president to address those issues so that you maintain control of your board meeting. So both kinds of people present separate challenges that need separate solutions or ideas to work with them. Right. Right, and I know um, a lot of times, uh, and it does come up in our board officers roundtable as well when we were in Rochester, one of the strategies uh, people talked about during the roundtable discussions were, well, maybe a board retreat would be appropriate. Is that something that you find also that you've done in your experience? Yes, and board retreats can be very helpful. Typically, you want to have just your board of education and just your superintendent present. Um, you tell the board members, it's, um, although it's a training, we treat it similar to an executive session. Oftentimes, it helps to have to bring somebody in as a facilitator. And sometimes it's as simple as doing some exercises so the board gets to know each other better and feel more comfortable with each other. Because oftentimes, people have you know, preconceived ideas. And when you meet, you get to know each other better through a facilitated process. Um, you find that you break down an awful lot of barriers and you build healthy relationships. And it's also a really good time to establish norms and kind of rules of etiquette for the board members, both at the board table and outside of the boardroom. Right. Right. And I've, I've even seen boards uh, put those things in writing where they're going to say, yeah, we want to make sure we have those ground rules, those protocols, those ethics or norms put in writing. Maybe we're going to set some ground rules and have that, you know, list and have that list right available in my packet or up on board docs if we have an electronic system so that we can kind of remind ourselves. Um, and I think you and I have talked also, Kathy, about, you know, what is part of the responsibility of the board president and or other members to call someone out um, with behavior that they're seeing at the board tables. So have you had that experience before where you've literally had to sometimes, you know, be more firm or aggressive to call people out with certain behavior? Yes, I think your first point about writing your board norms um, down and having them available for everybody is excellent because then it also gives you the opportunity to review them if you have an issue or something's not working. And if, in fact, you have a situation where you may have um, someone at a board meeting who is somewhat inappropriate, the board president has to be prepared and understand the proper use of Robert's rule, which a district clerk can help with, to make sure that they call a recess. You can certainly call a recess um, during the board meeting. You can also have another board member call the question to stop that ongoing dialogue so that you can move along with your business. Both of that takes a little bit of prep work, but they're both very valuable tools during a difficult or challenging board meeting. Yes, 
Yes, I have. I have talked with boards too about you know getting to that point where it's becoming so challenging that you have to sort of use your parliamentary procedures to your best advantage to try to maintain control of the board meeting and not get sidetracked by someone who's being very disruptive or having a recess, which takes a little courage sometimes. I know board presidents have said to me, yeah, I don't know, what do I do? Really? Do I really call a recess? How do I do that? And it is uncomfortable, but it does tend to stop the disruptive behavior. Everybody gets a chance to take a breath, take a step back, and then come back to the board table to try to continue and finish out their meeting. So that could be an effective strategy. Yeah, to I agree. Right. To try to diffuse the situation. Yes, right. To try to diffuse the situation. And um, I think you mentioned to me as well, sometimes you might uh, see if there is a mentor that could be used for the this particular board member, especially if they're a new board member. Is that something that you have done before? Yes. Um, I've seen boards of education develop a whole manual with boards of protocol. They have a whole manual of what's appropriate behavior. And I've also had situations where we've chosen a mentor um, for the new member and developing a relationship with that board member. Um, I was very fortunate to get to mentor um, someone who, uh, when you first looked at us, you think we were complete opposites. And we ended up developing a very good relationship. And I ended up learning quite a bit from him. And it proved to be um, a really wonderful experience. I think you have to be, the board has to be thoughtful in who mentors the new person. It could be an, um, an ex-officer. It could be a seasoned board member. Um, it could be someone new who has a very good sense of how a board operates. I think making a good match will facilitate a strong relationship, and that will also help take care of a lot of issues that come up when you bring on a new board member. Yeah, that's a great tip and a great tool. I think that many, many boards should consider, you know, how to use mentors, um, even if you don't have difficult board members, but just to help that new member get oriented because it continues to support a well-functioning board of education. And I've seen so many times where we've got a great board of education, we get one or two new board members on the board and suddenly it changes and it, it sometimes becomes not such a great functioning board of education any longer. But if there was somebody to help mentor them on and help them, because it is a difficult uh, job or role to play. Like you said earlier, there's many more complex and challenging issues for the Board of Education. So having a mentor really helping those new members come on board, understand the roles, the rules, the ways that we do things here, how to deal with some of the tough issues, even to understand how you ask a question. I think all of that really helps when you have a mentor. So that's a, another great suggestion um, for how we deal with uh, new board members or even the more difficult or challenging board members that we might see on our Board of Education. So, Kathy, um, we're getting ready really to uh, close our podcast for today. Any last words of wisdom you might have for board presidents and vice presidents or, or all board members out there who are trying to deal with difficult board members uh, that might that might they might experience on their board um, I have two thoughts on that I think the first thought is that 
you have to really um, be willing to change what's worked in the past might not work now. You have to be willing to try new things. And if it doesn't work and with engaging a difficult board member, then try something new and keep at it. Um, I think that's really important. Um, I also think that we have to really go back to why we're all doing this, and that's to focus on our students. And frequently when you remind people we're here to provide our students with the best education that we can, given our district and uh, the parameters in which, which we work, that that often helps us refocus on what's the right thing to do. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate what you've had to share with us today. And we all do it for the love of the kids, just as you mentioned. And so I want to thank everyone for being on our podcast, Kathy, especially you today for coming on and being our special guest speaker. And this meeting is now adjourned.